Thank you, guys. I want to thank all of you for taking part in our worship this morning. And um, pray the Lord was honored and glorified in our time together in worship. If you brought your Bibles, turn to the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. We want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll share a uh, sermon that I've entitled, The Secrets of Being a Good Soldier for Christ. The Secrets for Being a Good Soldier for Christ. You know, we want to do our best for the Lord, and, and uh, we, we uh, at all times, and so there's some things that uh, Paul shares with Timothy that, um, that led Timothy and encourages us to be a good soldier for Christ. Before we read, let me just, there were some requests that, that took place prior to, uh, uh, after we printed our uh, prayer request, but let me mention Frances Wilburn, uh, Frances Fell, she had surgery yesterday, and so uh, uh, just remember her, uh, she, she came through surgery fine, she's doing good, uh, but she uh, broke her hip and she had to have a ball all replaced, and so um, just remember her and Brother Grady, uh, remember Grady Wilburn, her husband, and then Brother Terry, uh, Terry Wilburn's not here this morning to lead our hymns, he uh, is having an issue with allergies, and he has an allergic reaction and swells, and so he was having a difficult time this morning, and then if you would remember Rebecca Literal, uh, Rebecca uh, was... Um, uh, our flight, our flight had really to Birmingham this past week, and so just remember her in prayer, and I'll be checking on her after the service today. But um, there's some that we didn't have on our um, our prayer request sheet because they came in after we had those printed. Second Timothy chapter two, and we want to look at uh, verses three through four. If you would, uh, out of respect and reverence, and please stand as we read God's word, inspired word, inerrant word, infallible word. We want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we'll read one verse in chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. If you would look at uh, 2 Timothy 4 and one verse, we'll look at verse 7. Paul just simply said, I fought the good fight, I finished the race, and I've kept the faith. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come together and worship you, and thank you for each person here. And God, I, I pray now that you'll take your word and allow your Holy Spirit to be our teacher and our guide. And, and Father, help me, I pray, to, to share what you would have me to share, and only that, and help me to do that in the right spirit. And I pray that your Holy Spirit might touch our hearts, and, Father, that we would not just be hearers of your word, but we'd be doers. In just a few minutes, Father, you're going to share with us some things that we can do to be good soldiers. So help us to understand that we're in a spiritual war. 
And Father, uh, there are only two sides. There's good, there's evil. There's righteousness, unrighteousness. There's God, there's the devil. And so there's just two sides. We're, we're either on one side or the other. And so I pray today for those who have never chosen to be on the side of righteousness, they'll make that decision today. Thank you for what you're going to do in our short time together, and we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. You know, this, this weekend we celebrate Memorial Day. Memorial Day, a day first observed May the 30th, 1868, to honor those who had died in the Civil War. Now, the, the, uh, the battle deaths of the Civil War totaled 140,414 people. That's a lot of people. That's the Civil War. But now on Memorial Day, we honor the memory of those who died in the military uh, in, uh, in service of the United States of America. And, and at the same time, we do well to remember those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. They gave their life to ensure that we'd have the freedoms that we have this morning. World War I, battle deaths, 53,402. My grandfather was in that war. World War II, 291,557. The Korean War, I had a couple uncles in that war. Um, 33,739 battle deaths. The Vietnam War, 47,434 deaths. Desert Storm, remember Desert Storm, 148 deaths. But from 1775 through, the, through 1991, the American Revolution through 1991, 651,031 American lives given in the military. And that's not including the global war on terror uh, from October 2001 until now. We didn't have those figures at the time. So many people. And although while we honor our war dead, there's another great group of soldiers that come to mind. So let's remember those in Christ's army who have died on the battlefield of faith. And so many do that every day. One day our lives are going to be over with. And when it comes time for you to leave this world, just ask yourself a question. What kind of legacy am I going to leave behind when I leave this world? What are people going to remember me about or for? When people remember, well, what kind of people, what will people remember in regards to what kind of person I am or I was? Will they remember me as being a soldier for the Lord? Now, the time to think about these things is now. After you're gone, it'll be forever too late. So Paul ended his life, as he was ending his life, he was, he was living in a Roman prison, uh, Caesarea by the sea. I've been to that Roman prison. It's just some walls standing, just a few walls standing right now. The aqueduct that goes down to that uh, prison is still there. 
but he was in a Roman prison, Caesarea Philippi by the sea, it's referred to. And so he took steps while he was in that prison to make sure that he would be remembered as a good soldier of the cross. And so he takes time to write to young Timothy, and he gave him the secrets of being a good soldier for Christ. There's about six, I believe, I want to mention to you. How can I be a good soldier for Christ? So if you take a notes, number one, a good soldier is enlisted in God's army. That's where it all starts. To be a good soldier for Christ, you've got to be enlisted in God's army. First step, join the army. No one can be a soldier for God, for the Lord, until they first get into the army of the Lord. You say, well, Brother Sammy, how, how does that happen? How do we join the army of the Lord? Well, the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you've just enlisted in the army of the Lord. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, first of all, you just admit that you're a sinner. You know, the Bible's pretty plain. It says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And all of us have this Adamic nature after Adam, and we're just sinners. We're sinners by nature, and we're sinners by choice. So we're sinners. And there's no sin in heaven, and so really we're in a predicament because we can't go to heaven. It's a beautiful place, a righteous place, a pure place. Sin can't enter into heaven, so something has to happen to our sin. So, but first, before you're saved, you have to admit that you're lost, that you need a Savior. And that's the hardest thing for some people to do. And so first you say, well... I'm a sinner, so you admit that you're a sinner, and then God did something out of his great love. He sent his son to die on the cross for your sins and for my sins. So Jesus came, we call that the virgin birth. He was born, and then he went to the cross. And on the cross, he bore all of our sins. You know, the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And so if all of our sins were placed upon Jesus, what did he have to do? He had to die. The wages of sin is death. So God took all of our sins, put those on his son. His son paid the penalty for our sins, was our substitute. Should have been me hanging on that cross or you. But Christ hung there, and all the sins of the world were placed upon him. And he died on the cross for our sins. We're sinners by nature, but he died for our past sins, our present sins, our future sins. He died for our sins. Not only did he die, but he was buried. And on the third day, he arose. And when he arose from the grave, he arose victorious over sin, over death, and then over the grave. And God says this, if you'll trust what Christ did for you on the cross, your sins are paid for. But if you reject what Christ did on the cross, then I'm a righteous God, I'm a holy God, and you have to suffer the consequence of those sins yourself. And so, that's how you enlist in the army. You admit that you're a sinner, you believe that Christ did what he said he did, he came, he died on the cross for our sins, he was buried, he arose again, and then you confess him as your Lord. You'll say, Lord, I believe that. You know, that's a historical fact. 
It's a historical fact that Jesus was born. It's a historical fact that he died on the cross. We know where he died. We know who the governor was. We know, we know all about his, his earthly parents, his father, his mother Mary. We know That's all historical fact. We have witnesses when, when he arose from the grave. We have witnesses when he ascended. And so you, that's just fact. That's just fact. And after you see the fact, you believe the fact or you don't believe the fact. But if you believe the fact, if you trust those facts from your heart and ask Christ to forgive you, come into your life and save you, he'll do that. Romans 10 verse 9 says this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, not from your mind, but from your heart, it's a heart thing, that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Isn't that simple? That's simple. If you'll believe from your heart, not cognitively, but something that's heartfelt, and, and you believe with your heart, confess that with your mouth. Now you're confessing what? Here's what you're confessing. That Jesus Christ is my Lord. If you, for with the heart... One believes under righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confessing what? Confessing that Jesus Christ is my Lord. He says in verse 9, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Now a better translation of the original is this. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is your Lord. Your Lord. Now he's Lord whether you confess that or not. You just need to... You just need to humble your heart and respond to his lordship over your life. The Bible tells us in Philippians 2 that God has given Jesus a name above every name, and that's Jesus. And one day, at the, one day every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Kyros, who has all power and authority and control for the, to the glory of the Father. And so... I admit that I'm a sinner. I believe in my heart all those facts about Jesus. I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is my Lord. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. That's how you get in the army. So let me ask you a question. Have you enlisted in the army? Are you in the army? If we call, if we call a roll call, of all in God's army, would your name be in the roll call? Are you, are you on the winning side? This morning, you're either, on, you're either a friend of God or you're an enemy of God. I don't think most people understand that. Jesus said, are you for me or are you against me? So right now, a spiritual battle is going on. So which side are you on? Are you on the good side or are you on the evil side, the righteous side? Or the unrighteous side. Or to say it, are you on God's side or are you on the devil's side? You're one or the other. What side are you on? Whose side are you on? Are you on God's side or are you on the devil's side? John 8 verse 44 says this. You are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand uh, in the truth because there's no truth in him. He's a liar and the father of all lies. 
And so you, you either have the Father God or you have the Father devil. A lot of people, I hear people say all the time, it's, it's not scriptural. We're all children of God. We're not children of God. We're creations of God. God said, as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on, your na- on his name. And so you become a child of God by trusting Jesus Christ. That's how you become a child of God. If you've never done that, you're a child of the devil. That's what John 8, 44, you are of your father the devil. So you make a decision. Whose side am I on? Who's my father? Is it Father God or is it the devil? So first of all, to be a good soldier, you have to enlist in God's army. Real quick, a good soldier endures hardship. You see that in verse 3? You therefore must endure hardship. That means to suffer. It means to suffer evil and trouble and affliction. And so listen, a soldier in God's army is called to engage in battle. That, and that person that's enlisted in the army, that fight will go on until that person's death or until the Lord Jesus comes back. It's a lifelong battle. The war is never over until you die or the Christ comes back to call his church home. There's no rest. There's no R&R. There's no rest and relaxation. No R&R. There's, there's no a two-year stint and it's over with or a four-year stint and it's over with or a six-year stint and it's over with or I'm going to retire one day from God's army and I'll be finished with... There's no retirement in God's army. So we have... When you sign up, You signed up until death, until God calls you home, until he comes back after you when Jesus comes back. You endure hardship. Now, we've had some, we've had some, sad to say, over the years who've signed up and they're AWOL. They've quit. They've quit. And God knows who quit. God knows if if you've quit. And then if it's a true believer, he'll discipline them according to Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 12. If they really belong to him as a child of his, when they get out of his will, he'll discipline them for the purpose of, number one, he loves them. They belong to him and he's bringing them back through discipline in a path of righteousness or to a path of righteousness. And so good soldiers endure. You don't quit. Number three, jot this down. A good soldier will not entangle himself or herself with the affairs of this life. You won't entangle yourself with the world. What does that mean? Well, I remember after my induction, I arrived at Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri for basic training. I I was given a box to send all of my civilian clothes back home because I was in the Army now. Some of you know what I'm talking about. I couldn't pursue my, my former career. I, I, I couldn't live at home. I couldn't attend the church I wanted to attend, my home church. Uh, I couldn't engage in my favorite hobbies. I was in the Army. So the point is, I have to keep myself free of anything that will interfere with me being available to obey the commands of my commander-in-chief. Can't be tied down in any way. Now I'm afraid some of our brothers and sisters in Christ are tied down in the world to the point where they can't serve 
or they're having problems serving. They're entangled in the world. And God warns us, uh, we're told by Paul and Timothy here, he warns us don't be entangled with the world. And so we get so wrapped up in the world, we're to the point where at times we can't serve God. We're so entangled in our world and our finances that we can't even give to God. So a good soldier will enlist in God's army, endure hardship, not entangle himself in the world. Number four, jot this down. Please him, a good soldier will please him who enlisted him as a soldier. My main purpose is to please him. That's not to please you. It's to please him. And by pleasing him, I should be pleasing you. If I'm doing what his will is for my life and following his direction as a pastor of a church, pleasing him, I should be pleasing you. So the point is, the Lord has enlisted Timothy, has enlisted us, and we need to strive to please him, to please the one who's placed us in this position. We're to please him. Now the word please is found in Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. It describes Enoch. You remember what was said about Enoch? Enoch pleased God and the Lord took him. The Lord raptured him. And so here's the challenge. Here's the challenge to Timothy. Here's the challenge to me. Here's the challenge to Chris and to Corey. And here's the challenge to Mike Grissom. Here's the challenge to all believers. Everyone. Everyone. The challenge is to join the Enochs of the world in pleasing God. We need to please God. So Enoch, who stood for God in a very pagan society, was rewarded by rapture. And we're told that if we do the same, we'll be rewarded at the rapture. And so we're to please God in everything that we do. A great soldier, the point is, pleases him who enlisted him. And then number five, a good soldier's a fighter. Look at chapter four, verse seven. He said, I fought the good fight. I fought the good fight. Now, you know, a lot of times we, we'll think of someone who suffered a long time and they fought the good fight. That's not what he's talking about, physical suffering. He's talking about fighting for the faith, fighting to please God, fighting to honor God. He said, I fought the good fight. And he refers to it a little later, the, the fight of faith. But he's fought this good fight. He volunteered to serve Christ. He separated himself from the world. He, he uh, sacrificed all that he was and all that he ever, ever was to be a soldier for Jesus Christ. He suffered through threats. He suffered through scrapes. He suffered through wars. All of those things. Threats and scrapes and wars, all of those were launched by the devil, by the evil one, by his enemies. And he fought the good fight. The word fight, kalos there, is the fight that was worthy, a fight that was honorable. You're having an honorable fight with the devil. He'd done his time. He stuck to the mission of Christ to the very end. And number six, and I'll close with this one. A good soldier finishes. Don't quit. Good soldier finishes. He said, hey, there in chapter 4, verse 7 and 8, I'm being released now. I'm finished up. I'm finished. Paul's dying. God's fixing to call him home. But he never dropped out of battle. 
Now, some had dropped out of battle. He talks about those in 1 Timothy 1, 19 and 20, about how many us and how Alexander and how they turned back into the world. So many have dropped out of the battle. Amen, I believe they have. They've dropped out of the battle. But I challenge you this morning not to be one of the numbers of those that drop out of the battle. Stay in for the long run. A good soldier dedicates himself to keeping his oath. You know, when we're sworn in the service, military, any branch, you take an oath. Stand there and raise your right hand. You, you swear to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. You make that, you take that oath. You don't want to break that oath. People give their lives. That's what this holiday is all about. That kept their oath. And we need to keep our oath that we make to the Lord. You know, let me ask you a personal question. I, I talk with people from time to time, and they'll say, well, I trusted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And, and one question I ask so many is this. Well, what did, you say you're a believer. All right, you say you're a believer. Well, what difference, what difference in your life is there a difference in your life, first of all? Has it made a difference in your life that you've trusted Christ? You say you have, and I got to thinking about that. When you accepted Christ, which Jesus did you believe in? Let me explain. Did you have in mind the historical man? Did you have in mind the one that taught people to love one another? Did you have in mind the one who made the blind to see and the lame to walk? Did you have in mind the, uh, the Jesus that, caused, that performed a miracle and caused uh, people to hear that were deaf? Did you trust that Jesus that eventually died on the cross? Did you accept Jesus, the historical man? Now listen. Or did you accept Jesus Christ, the God who became man? Did you accept that Jesus? Are you obeying that Jesus? Are you following that Jesus? Are you pleasing that Jesus? The one who became man, who, who was raised from the dead, who is Lord and who is alive today, that Jesus. The one that says, follow me, obey my commandments, love one another. That's true, those are his commandments. But he's the God Jesus. Have you trusted him? Or just some historical figure you have cognitive facts about, and you put your faith just in, in the man Jesus, but not the God Jesus. Are you willing to trust Jesus, the God God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, you're willing to obey that Jesus? The one who's truly God and wants us to fight a battle for him. Let's bow our heads for a prayer. Father, thank you for an opportunity we have had to come together this morning on this memorial holiday. And, and Lord, realize that there's, there's another battle going on. Uh, there's a battle going on for what is right and what is true and what is righteous. And uh, we really are in a deep battle right now, and you can see that the way our country is, is uh, 
looking right now, Father, that so many people are on the wrong side. And so you've chosen us, you've called us, and we've committed ourselves to you to be a part of the battle, to fight the battle, not give up, and Lord, to make a difference. And Lord, we, we know that our world will change if your people will change. You tell us that in Second Chronicles seven fourteen. You tell us if your people who are called by your name will humble themselves and pray, seek your face, turn from their wicked way, you'll hear from heaven, you'll forgive our sins, then you'll heal our land. And so, Father, I guess when we get sick of all that's going on, we'll repent and turn to you. And so I pray today, Lord, that you've spoken to the hearts of people here. And, Father, we've realized that we're in a battle good against evil. And, Father, that we have our place to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, Father, when we, see a, a, when we begin to see a number of people come to you, we can see, we can see our society change and our culture change. People change cultures and society. And when we get our hearts right, Father, we'll begin to see our country get right. And so I pray today that it starts here, revival continue here. I thank you for every person here. I pray for those who have never trusted the God Jesus. I pray today they'd admit they're a sinner, that they would believe, Father, the facts about Jesus, and, Lord, that they would confess you as Lord and Savior of their life. I pray they'll do that today. Thank you for what you're going to do in our invitation time. And I pray for believers here today that, that uh, need to uh, repent and turn back to you, Father, and serve you with their whole heart, not give up. Be, be on the front lines in the battle that's going on. Thank you for what you're going to do in our invitation time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.